Welcome to Sports. Martin Daniels brought to you by our friends of the Orlando Touchdown Club. Tonight, Shane Matthews, former Gator quarterback and a color analyst of their broadcast team, is our guest speaker. Uh, to learn more about the Orlando Touchdown Club, go to orlandotdclub.com. Uh, when we meet, we honor high school uh, players. Uh, one of the great things uh, that we do, uh, and uh, we'll do so tonight, and I'm going to share the story of our next guest because it's part of the many great things about high school sports is that it's the competition of the field, but it's also the impact that coaches have on um, young men and women that end up becoming life lessons that last far beyond uh, the playing field. Our friend J.C. Carnahan was on Friday to tell us about the great Thursday night game of Ocoee and Winter Park, back and forth, an overtime win for Ocoee, 31-28. to And hours after that victory, uh, the Ocoee football team uh, decided uh, with their head coach that they were going to go help some people that uh, needed some help by getting on uh, a bus and heading down to the southwest part of the state that was just uh, hit so hard by the hurricane and to do uh, their part. And their head coach, Aaron Shepard is kind to join us on the program today. Coach, good morning. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, first, um, let's go back to Thursday night. You got a big football game. What was the week like for your team? The storm, the crazy schedule of when you can practice, are people safe? What was the week like before you even got to the game on Thursday? So our week has been hectic that week was hectic so you, you have to remember we, we were off from the the previous tuesday so we had we, we went to school tuesday but there was no practice so our entire county was closed from tuesday until tuesday so we go back to practice on tuesday we have a practice on tuesday full practice try to get some kids in shape but we don't want to take too much from them you know and kill their legs so we we practice tuesday had a, a run through on wednesday to make sure we kind of had everything together and had to play on thursday Right, and so we only really had one good day of practice and one run through at practice um, going into the game. So it was kind of hectic, you know. Us and Winter Park, we were we were kind of. I mean, I talked to Coach before the game, and he was saying the same things I was saying. We had the same concerns, like, man, this is you know, this is a quick turnaround for high school kids to play, you know, and and to be off for a week, you know. You, yeah, we played close before, you know. We've had a short short week before, but not with a week off, you know, and so that was kind of a tough deal for us. But I mean, you know, the week was a little was a little hectic just just going into that and then knowing that we were going to have to, you know, get up and be at the school at 4:30 in the morning, um, you know, the next day was was definitely something a little different, but you know, it was good for us. I want to get to that in a, yeah, I'll get it in a second. Then the game itself lived up to the hype. It was a great football game and overtime uh, victory and a field goal for you guys. Um I would imagine draining itself. So, um Tell me what it was like when the field goal goes through the uprights and, and, and the emotion of a win like that. Man, I mean, you know, Winter Park is a great team. Good players, good coaching, man. They're really disciplined. Um, you know, in previous years, we've been in close games. We we, we, we have we have hard time sometimes pulling them out, you know. Um, and so for us to get in there and actually, you know, kick the game winner, the, the kid Marlon who kicked the game winner, it's just his, that was his first uh, field goal in the game. Period, and you know, of course, for it to be the game winner, this is his first year playing football. He was a soccer player that came out, and so um, you know, just the emotions of the game. Period, you know, being up, tying it back up, you know, going in overtime, getting a stop on fourth down, you know, knowing the game is right there, then getting a penalty because we, you know, we got a penalty. We we got down to the one or two yard line, but got a penalty for a player not being set. 
bring it back. Now we back up a little bit, try to run the ball a little bit closer to get in. Just all the calls on the sidelines. Coaches communicating about how we want to do this, how we want to go about the making sure we keep the ball in the middle of the field, talking to the players, just a whole big array of emotions, you know. And for the ball to to hit, the, you know, go through uprights, and I mean, it was good by a mile for him to, for him to go out there and, and, and make the field goal with no no sweat off his brow. You know, he 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 knew he made it. He said when he kicked it, he, before he went out there, he already knew it. He wasn't even worried about it, wasn't scared about it. And so it was a good deal for him, you know. Really good, good for us, good for the kids. Aaron Shepard's with us, head coach at Ocoee High School, 5-1, and one, by the way, after that win. You just mentioned before, you knew Friday uh, morning that the team's getting up early. Tell me how that came about. Why did you do it? And then after that win, what it was like Friday morning. As you mentioned before, the kids knew they're getting up early the next day. So how did it come about and ex- explain what led to the decision to go down there? So um, my mother runs a huge outreach um, in Miami through a church called El Rey de Jesus, and they have over 20,000 members. And so they they had a huge uh, donation. People donated a lot of things to take to the hurricane efforts. And so I was speaking to my mom about it, and she was saying, hey, you know, uh, we're looking for volunteers. There was a place, the Operation Barbecue Relief, that was short 100 volunteers. And I was like, hey, you know what? I've been through a hurricane. When I was in third grade, I went to Hurricane Andrew. And I, I tell everybody, you know, in Orlando, we don't really get hurricanes really bad. But it was a tough experience for me. You know, my family didn't have power for about three and a half months. Uh, we lost the, the whole back half of our roof. Um, you know, it was just a tough experience. You know, just, I mean, it, we lived in a, a RV in our driveway for about, three, for about three of those three and a half months, you know. And so it was just a real deal, different experience, you know. And I, I know what it's like. So for me, it kind of touched home. So I just, you know, talked to a friend and said, hey, look, you know, this is something that we need to do. You know, I know it's going to be tough. We don't have school on Friday. Um, but we'll be here, you know. And so this is this is something that, that's important to me. So I hope it's important to you guys, too. And so we, you know, we 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 passed up the permission slips, and you know, said, "Hey, we'll be here at four four thirty in the morning. Make sure you guys are on time." At four fifteen, the kids were showing up. So, how many players yeah. did you take down there? And then when you got down, I I saw some of the video when you got down there. Can you share what you saw, what your players saw, what that emotion was like, and then what it was like to see through your players' eyes helping people? So I believe we took uh, forty six. If I'm not mistaken, 46 or 47 mm-hmm. players, um, and it started mounting up a little bit when we were driving down. You know, we uh, we got to a traffic spot, and we went over a bridge, and the water was at the bridge going over I-75. You know, so we were like, "Whoa!" You know, <laughs> it, was, it was it was something. Then we saw trees down. Then we saw a house that was leveled as we got closer. Um, then we passed some farm property where. All the trees in the farm property were down the fences, you know, and then we saw communities. There was a lake community, a community that had a lake behind it, and the water was still up to the doors of the back of the houses. You know, some of the kids were taking pictures of it. Then we got off the highway, and when they saw there was a hotel there that was missing the stucco, we met at McDonald's, right? Um, They fed us before we went. went. So when we got there, we went to McDonald's, and... We couldn't find McDonald's because there was no sign. And so we were like, just look for the sign. But all the signs were on the ground. Um, you know, then there was no ice and no water and no fountain drinks, you know. And so it was still serving, but there was nothing that, because on the on the boil water right. effect. So we saw all of that. Then we started driving closer because um, where we had to check in at was across the bridge. When we, when we started doing that is really when we saw it. I mean, we saw mobile homes, parks devastated. We saw... Um, elderly communities 
devastated. We saw there was no traffic lights up, traffic lights on the side of the road, um, you know, awnings and houses and I mean roofs demolished. There was it was just it, it looked pretty bad. Then we passed a construction site to go over the bridge. I mean, it looked like a war zone there, like somebody had dropped the bomb inside of the building, like something that you see on a movie. And so, you know, the kids were all like, whoa, you know, but there was people working, you know, crews out fixing and cleaning up and a lot of volunteer help and things like that. So we checked in and then we went over to uh, to the uh, barbecue relief and we just helped clean up there and, and pass out water and ice, you know, to see people there. There was insurance. There was an insurance city there where people were getting there, to, were, were there to get relief. The line was around the corner, you know, so it was just a, 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 a I mean, there's a massive effort there to help, you know, but they're still short, short staff. So I'm glad that we went down there. What what do you hope and what do you think your players took out of the experience and, and what are you most proud of? So, man, it's always, you know, we, we have a saying in our program, you reap what you sow. I got that from my dad, you know, and my mom. But that, that's something I grew up with. You reap what you sow. And so you, you put in what you get out. And so if you put in good, you put out good. And a couple of players actually joked about it when we were there. You know, they were smiling and laughing. They said, Coach, you reap what you sow, you know. And so, you know, I, I just hope that they take those lifelong lessons with them. You know, that, that life is bigger than football. You know, if, if our entire community could get together and do do things like that, man, the world would be a lot better place. There was a lady from a town in Michigan, and she was taking pictures of the boys serving water. And she was like, I just want to send this back and show them how things should be done, you know. And so just to be, you know, for them to see that people actually appreciate that, and, you know, it wasn't like a media ploy. It was really something to go help. And, and they, they enjoyed it. You know, it felt good to them. They had a good time. I mean, it was tiring. The trip was long. There was a lot of traffic there and back, of course. But it was worth it. And they and they really enjoyed it. And they really felt like, you know, they made a difference. And so that's what I wanted them to see. You know, it's always good to be a blessing to somebody else. Um, By the way, I, I think it's incredible. And, and I, I thank you for sharing the story and – as you know, we get caught up high school sports, high school football for good reasons. We love it. We're proud of our state. We get caught up in name, image, and likeness and transferring and rankings and all sorts of things. But I think, as you know and have experienced, uh, what you do stretches far beyond all that stuff. And I think when you peel it all back, I'm guessing this is kind of why you do it. You love the competition of it, but to have an impact on, in this case, young men, that's got the biggest impact on you, if I'm guessing. Man, there there are a bunch of schools in the state of Florida. I tell my parents this at my first parent meeting, right? We have a parent meeting, you know, and and all this name, image, and likeness, and scholarships and programs. You know, I, I have a son that's on the team. You know, he's committed to Illinois. He had thirty two scholarship offers, right? And and at the end of the day, that's good. It's awesome, right? But that's short lived. Regardless of how good he is, what he does, just in my own house, if he decided to play, if he played in the NFL for twenty years, he would still be. 40 years old, 42 years old when he finished, he played 20, right? And he's got to figure out life after that. And so you have to give them bigger than that. You can't measure the success of your program by a state championship. Everybody wants to win it. But this year, there'll be eight state winners in the state of Florida out of, I'm guessing, 900 to 1,000 teams. If every team managed their, uh, rated their program based on a state championship, then you would have 800 plus failures or 900 plus failures, right? And that's not what it's about because, you know, you, you're here to develop these young guys. Their parents trust them, right? Some guys need, some guys need father figures. Some guys need parental guidance. Some guys need help. Some guys don't, but they all need to be grown and groomed into men that can actually 
you know, turn this world into a better place. And so it, it, it's, it's tough sometimes, you know, you have to balance that with winning because a lot of people believe that winning is the only thing. But winning is only so much, you know. And, and, and like I said, you know, you want the kids to leave with valuable life lessons so that when they come back, they're good husbands, they're good fathers, they're good community members, you know, and, and, and they bring back all of those things to the program. Uh, that is well said. I do want to end, though, on football because you've had a great season, 5-1, and one, only lost by one to a Popka. Here's Edgewater this week, right? It gets easier for you this week, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. To man the mental legend, Cedric Baxter, he's a good player. Um, you know. Yeah, just give me some thoughts on you know, Edgewater. And, and, again, you've had a great year, and, and, and uh, more wins lie ahead. But uh, uh, what are you going to do on Friday to win? I mean, it's no secret. You have to stop the running back. I mean, he's the best running back in the country, in my opinion. Uh, he's big. He's fast. He's a great kid. I know him personally. Um, good kid, man. Great, great individual. Coach Duke does a great job. You know, I, I've always admired Coach Duke and, and the work that he does just at Edgewater as well. I mean, they're, they're a great program. They, they, they're one of the, they are the top tier program in Orlando. You know, when you talk about great football in Orlando, it's Edgewater, it's Jones, it's Apaka, you know. And so, you know, we, we just want to make sure that we're, we're in the game and that we can put our name in the same conversation. I mean, they're, like I said, they're a great program, great coaches, great players, you know, and they do similar things as we do. You know, they, they'll do mission trips and things like that as well. So, I mean, you know, just, just trying to make sure that, we, that we're, doing everything that we need to do to win. You know, that, that if we lose the game, it's because they're better than us and not because we gave it to them. Uh, Aaron Shepard's head football coach at Ocoee. The Knights are 5-1. and one. They'll take an edgewater. But I think, as you can hear in the conversation, they're champions off the field because it's more than just football. Uh, coach, um, you made a, a bunch of fans just by the story. Uh, congrats on what's been a great season. Um, and compliment to you for having players uh, that, that that are committed to not just football, but for something like they did this past weekend that will impact them for many, many years to come. Best of luck, and we'll root for you uh, for many reasons, not just uh, on the football field. Thank you, Coach. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, Aaron, thank you. Aaron Shepard, the football coach at Ocoee. That's easy to root for, man. What a story. That's a great story. Huh? 46 kids got up. Uh, you figure by the time they got done, an overtime football game, the emotion of that, by the time you get to bed, 1, 2 o'clock, and at 4.15, they're showing up to get in a bus. And you can only imagine the drive where you're tired, some guys sleep, some guys wake up, and then maybe somebody nudges you because they begin to see the destruction of that storm. And then the silence of, I'm guessing, everybody awake, looking at something that those players have never seen before. And as Aaron Shepard explained, he lived through Andrew and shared his life experience of what he and his family lost. And then to have that impact to say, hey, put a smile on your face. We've got to help some people out and to do it. And I know that there are other teams and other causes that should all be praised for it. But um, uh, that's a great story by those guys. And regardless of what happens against Edgewater, I think we can all root for a Coey as we do all of our teams uh, in the air. And again, thanks to JC who tipped me off the story and I reached out to Coach Shepard who was kind of come on and just sounds like a super, super uh, nice guy. 11 o'clock hour kicks off with the news next.